Welcome to the Two Boomer Women Podcast. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. I've been talking to boomer women for some time now. I suppose if I really think about it, I've been talking to boomer women most of my adult life. And that continues with this podcast, and I must admit, I am loving the conversations. However, there's something else going on at Two Boomer Women these days. I'm interviewing men, too, once a month where possible, and it's called Monthly Man Day. These men have a message for us boomer women, and maybe you can interest the man in your life into tuning in, too. Today is Monthly Man Day. Sit back, enjoy, and let me know what you think. Welcome to the Two Boomer Women Podcast. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. I'm quite excited about today's episode because last spring I decided to get a man's view on boomer life, hopefully once a month, and while finding my first three men was relatively easy, finding another proved challenging until today. Now, when I'm looking for and researching guests for this podcast, I always have you, dear listener, in mind. Today, sorry, this guest caught my eye immediately. He's my age-ish. I never make gross assumptions about a person's years. He's an active grandpa, and I love my grandma role more than any other I've ever had. He's uber fit, a state that came to me later in life, and I will admit is currently quite lacking. And he's a rower, which I only did for a few years, but I can still feel the exhilaration of being in the zone with perfect team harmony and I still maintain there is no cooler team sport. If I can digress for just a moment, my favorite story about rowing is that I was on a team of one young man with some rowing experience and three older women with no experience, and I was the youngest at 50-something. And we consistently beat teams of four young, powerful men because of our teamwork. (laughs) But back to my guest. Besides all the pre-mentioned, he talks to boomers about building habitual lifestyle efforts to get healthier and stay well. He calls those boomers kaboomers, which I love because, of course, as you know, my company name is Boom with a Bang. Dave Frost, welcome to Monthly Man Day on Two Boomer Women Podcast. Agnes, thank you very much. Uh, Hey, sorry to be a challenge, but let's see if it was worth it for you. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Once I found you, there was no challenge at all, Uh, so that was good. (laughs) Dave, your Kaboomer CV is pretty impressive. Please share your background with our listeners. Well, I'm a Navy guy, so once upon a time, I had to memorize the phrase, I was born on the crest of a wave and rocked in the cradle of the deep, seaweed and barnacles on me clothes, every hair on me, head is hemp, and when I spits, I spits tar. But I'm just kidding. I was born in Vermont, uh, grew up in New Jersey, joined the Navy, fresh out of high school, was honored to go to the Naval Academy in the Vietnam era. I'm a Cold War sailor, a sailor, sorry. And after I left the uniform service, I went into industry and thought I was developing a good portfolio of hard skills and soft skills for what I did in systems engineering. But you know what? I really found out you should do what you love and love what you do and hopefully, um, you know, make enough money to keep the lights on. I love small business. So I formed a sole proprietorship. And mid-career, I decided to form a proprietorship in something that's near and dear to my heart and something near and dear to your heart, Agnes, and that's fitness and wellness. 
So Well Past 40 is the limited liability company that I founded with my goal to get other people excited about joining the movement to thrive and strive into their 90s. And uh, I live now in San Diego, California, beautiful day today, but that's often the case. That's sort of redundant to say it's a beautiful day in San Diego. (laughs) Proud grandpas, you mentioned the two great uh, grandkids and our two kiddos make us proud. And hey, that's kind of why we're on the planet other than uh, breathe deeply, uh, be happy, uh, make connections and perhaps offer something to share with your listeners. So that's me. That's great. You know, every once in a while I meet someone and I have to say sort of about their life that everything has led them to this moment. And it sounds like I'm going to add you to that list. It, it Things have. Uh, it wasn't until I was a pudgy kid. It wasn't until the Boy Scouts made me do a pull-up that I learned that strength was important. Uh, being at the Naval Academy, I was honored to uh, probably spend most of my learning experience on the Severn River uh, working with a crew. And, and much as you shared, Agnes, I learned that there's no I in a crew. It's how you do together. Uh, so uh, being in the flow, being in the zone, working together. Now, folks our age, whether it's pickleball or rowing or bridge or whatever, the social part of life is what helps keep us alive and helps us keep having fun. Intergenerational, but even with us folks that are encore aged. Uh, If we have a good hug, a good laugh, and uh, maybe win a a game or two, that's that's good stuff. So yes, things kind of, just things have kind of converged to where I'm able to do what I love, love what I do, and sometimes impact other people's lives. My life as a personal trainer, I sort of have meandered into a niche for helping folks with either physical or uh, war injuries. Uh, one of the things that did get me to where I am, I, as a rower, I did a lot of volunteer work for wounded warriors who came back from war zones with traumatic brain injury, post-traumatic stress disorder, or uh, back uh, injuries or uh, amputations. And with the blessing of sponsors and good equipment, we're able to get folks on the water. As uh, Kenneth Graham would say, there's nothing so much fun as messing around in boats no matter what your injury or your affliction is. So a lot of things did line up, um, but I do spend time with muscular dystrophy, MS, Parkinson's uh, uh, folks uh, who unfortunately just uh, don't have the kit that you and I have to get on with life, but maybe we can help them be optimistic. Maybe we can help them with um, some life skills to prevent falling, to to get out and, and do the things they love to do. So that's kind of um, the movement as I see it. And maybe I can make a difference. That's great. Yeah. Um, 30 years ago, I think, I took over seniors exercise class. And of course, since then, life happened. I moved out of town to take care of my aging mother, etc. I returned to this town four years ago. And other than COVID, I actually started leading this group again of these women. And there are so many of them still in the group from my previous time, which, you know, add 30 years to 60-year-old's life or 65-year-old's life. You know, obviously we don't move around like we used to, but uh, they are still there. There's still strength, flexibility, all that stuff. And as you say, social. It's uh, it's so cool. They're just my role models and I just love them to dance. But you know, if I may pile on to what you just said, uh, shared, Agnes, it's not that we don't do as much as we used to or move as quickly or uh, do as much impressive stuff. 
as we did when we were younger. We only, in master's rowing, we only generally row against people our age. So we say that you only you get slower, slower than the other people <laughs> because life happens. But it's motion that counts, not how little or, oh gosh, I can't do what I used to do. My rest, you know, my my maximum heart rate is not what it used to be. That's life. And yet uh, we shouldn't concede to the aging process uh, or if we do, do it grudgingly. Don't concede, you know, wave the white flag and say, that's it. I'm 60. I'm going to sit on the couch and watch TV because that's what most of America is doing. That's wrong, in my opinion. So motion doesn't have to be fast, doesn't have to be long. Motion counts. Blue zones that you know well, it's daily life that works. Gardening, those kinds of things that make a difference. Absolutely. Yeah, and you said 60 plus, but I mean, too many people under 60 now are sitting on the couch as well. So that's, that's so it's a shame. It's a shame. Yeah. yeah. One phrase that caught my attention on your website for 25 years, I've commented on how on any given day my memory banks might be full and taking no more deposits today. Uh, that actually started when I had the need to coordinate three active teens. But you talk about physical banks. Tell us more. Yeah, uh, Dr. Wendy Suzuki talked about a physical 401k, and because that was her kind of term and, and intellectual uh, scheme. Uh, but when you think about what we do as we look toward the golden years, you have to make deposits in order to withdraw later, or when the government tells us someday we have to withdraw from our accounts. But it's much the same with your physical constitution. And I started to think about that uh, model of physical banking, and I came up with seven uh, elements of it. Uh, so the physical bank is comprised of seven elements, strength, stability, stamina, stretching, sustenance, anti-inflammatory, uh, clean eating sustenance, stress not, because the stress is a takeaway. That's actually the cyber thief that can rob from your physical bank. But the other is restorative sleep. So there's six very positive S's in the model that I use with my clients. And when I try to share with others to get excited about livelihood and longevity, strength, stability, stamina, stretching, sustenance, sleep, and stress not. Now, how hard is that? Hey, Dave, you know, that's a platitude, stress not. We can deal with a lot of things in life by mindful breathing, knowing that 99% of life is stressful uh, and get over it. Not everything. I get it. But uh, we, I think we can do a better job of uh, using our body's amazing banking uh, to do better than we do without resorting to things like pharmaceuticals. I, I'm kind of on a polypharmacy, anti-polypharmacy crusade, except when things are absolutely positively needed. So yes, a physical bank with seven elements one takeaway, the stress, but six positive S's uh, to build. Um, and I, as I quote in my book, uh, that great jazz musician, Muddy Waters, the quote is, whoa, you know you can't spend what you haven't got. In other words, if you haven't put uh, reserves into your physical bank, strength, stability, stamina, stretching, eating cleanly and gutting your sleep, you're not going to be able to withdraw in your later years. You're not going to be able to win at pickleball. By the way, I also think it will help with the nimble games of whatever uh, the mind games, the brain games are that people do to stay active with their minds. So yes, the physical bank 
is is a model that I think um, is is a powerful one because people think about it. I say strength is your cornerstone. Uh, stability is your accident insurance rider. Stretching is your flexible contribution account. Uh, the capstone is restorative sleep. That wonderful capstone of a beautiful Fed Reserve Bank is sleep. And the currency exchange is the clean eating. And then guard your wallet because the takeaway is stress. Uh, so that model is one that I try to live by. And I hope that it, uh, it's um, maybe not elegant, but I hope it's simple enough that people can get that metaphor because we're all interested in our fiscal longevity, F-I-S-C-A-L. Now I encourage folks to be equally or more so interested in their physical longevity and wellness. So yes, physical banking. Thank you. Great analogy, you know, because as you explained it, I could just see like anything you do in a day that is under the, the good idea column is you can just literally see it in your mind of putting that in the bank. And when the stress comes in, you sort of have to do your deep breathing or whatever you do to deal with stress because, you know, like that, that hacker online is just knocking on the door. Dear uncle, please send money. I'm in, I'm a prince in Nigeria. I'm sure we've all had them, right? <laughs> I've had so many marriage proposals. We don't want to know them. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. And then the only other thing is you were talking about pharmaceuticals and stuff is, is the meme that I like most and you've probably seen it is the, the big garden with like everything in it. And it's called a, a pharmacy with a F instead of a PH. It, uh, golly, if it wasn't for COVID, I think we would be more alarmed about uh, the uh, opioid addiction and the opioid problems. Uh, a very dear and um, a, a gen I revere, absolutely admire, a real father figure in my life, had such back problems. Uh, the doctor tried to ease his pain with opioids, and, and he said, I'm addicted to him. I've got to shake it. And that's a, a gentleman who went through the Korean War, a war hero, a leader of men and women, uh, and he it happened to him. So I'm not saying it can't happen to any of us. I just fear uh, that opioids are a bigger problem that we're not really talking about because there's this other thing called a pandemic come, that's uh, facing. And folks our age certainly are at higher risk because of uh, the aging process but we definitely want to keep our immunity up as much as possible. But yeah, the polypharmacy, why could we not work more in preventative things than band-aids with pharmaceuticals? And I felt so strongly about it that I used a knock-knock joke in the introduction of my book, a baby boomer and a kaboomer come up to the door and knock-knock. And uh, the person inside the door says, who's there? It's a, it's a baby boomer and a kaboomer. Baby boomer and a kaboomer who? A baby boomer who may take two prescription pills at a time and a kaboomer who loves to take two steps at a time. And that's quite a difference. And uh, it is a platitude, but motion is medicine. I believe if people were moving uh, as a distraction to uh, even chronic pain, I think it would help uh, limit all but the most essential pharmaceuticals uh, that big business offers to ease our pains. I think our bodies, our banks uh, can do an awful lot on their own. Uh, I'm a layman. I'm not a Nobel Prize winning uh, doctor or chemist, uh, but my heart of hearts tells me, and my mind and body tell me, I do not take prescription things unless it's absolutely positively essential for livelihood. 
I didn't uh, introduce myself too well to you before we started podcast, but I'm actually from British Columbia in Canada and currently out here on the West Coast. We're just calling it a dual pandemic because the opioid crisis is so bad out here. Polypharmacy is just something, and again, uh, parts of America profit from it, uh, but uh, uh, the folks that either can't afford it or can't afford it, I believe are suffering and we're passing that burden on to our, our kiddos because it's getting more expensive all the time. And except for the pandemic, we may be living longer, but many of us are not living better. Yeah. yeah. So. And on that note, <laughs> okay, so <laughs> reduced energy, diminishing cognitive capacity, medical conditions, even reduced sexual ability. I think it was Betty Davis that said getting old is not for sissies. That said, examples of uber-fit octo and nonogenarians aren't unusual anymore. I think most of us would just be happy to come up the middle somewhere. What activities, like more specifically perhaps, would you recommend for overall benefits? Each person in his or her encore years, pick a number, over the age of 60, Medicare age, uh, or folks in the Canadian healthcare system, whatever we pick is the arbitrary age of encore, where uh, maybe we're semi-retired, retired, maybe we have grandkids. Uh, some of us are blessed, and it's a mixed blessing. Because some, of us, some of us are blessed not to be a first responder for our elders uh, because of the toll that it takes on first responders for caring for folks in the greatest generation. But whatever the age, uh, the key, that platitude, motion is medicine, there's none finer, except for one thing, moving heavy stuff occasionally is the best medicine uh, with strength training. But Queen Elizabeth, after her sainted hubs, uh, the prince passed away at, I believe, 99 Queen Elizabeth, God bless her. And she had longevity in her family. No doubt the Queen Mother was over 100 or is over 100, I believe. Queen is a young 90, what, four, something like that. But she was quoted the day after uh, the prince was put in the ground. When you stop, you drop. So my answer, it's a simple yet hard answer to move. Do you take the elevator or do you walk up the stairs? Uh, do you take stairs two at a time if you can, using your big less leg muscles, not leaning forward and pushing off your quads? Uh, do you park the car if you're still driving a little further from the shopping center than you used to and take a hike? Do you um, do mindful breathing if things are getting you down on the stock market? September was not a good month for equities, um, but um, hey, markets go down and markets go up. But guess what? So does your physical bank. And if your deposits wither, uh, you're not going to have the reserves to live well into your, say, 90s. Uh, is that aspirational? Absolutely, Agnes. Uh, I'm not 90, but I do read, uh, and I hope that my credible research shows that if you move and are smart about your, your essentials of life, stability, stretching, clean, anti-inflammatory eating, and the blessings of restorative sleep, uh, which, of course, are tougher for the ladies than the guys, those things certainly better your odds uh, to make it into your 90s and make it with quality years into your 90s. Uh, if you're listeners, and I can send you the exact uh, web links, but there are two extraordinary uh, longevity estimators. Both are anonymous. Nobody's going to hack you or, or chase you down to your uncle <laughs> from Nigeria. <laughs> uh, just send me money. Dr. Thomas Pearl's an American doctor. 
has written a living to 100 calculator. And Dr. Pearl's factors in medical, family history, lifestyle, uh, personal factors. Duh, do you smoke? Have you ever smoked? Do you drink heavily? Do you wear your seatbelt? Do you floss your teeth? Do you take a baby aspirin? Uh, and it's a validated study, very quick, just a couple minutes to say uh, how long you might live statistically. Just for fun today, I did it and I was embarrassed. It wasn't 100 for me, it was 99. So I've, I've got to stop eating red meat twice a week, I guess. Okay. <laughs> um, I do love red meat, uh, but uh, I don't have an iron problem. And that's one of the reasons that red meat is frowned upon other than the saturated fats uh, is the iron that men tend to hang on to. And that can be kind of toxic. But yeah, if I drank one less cup of coffee and took a baby aspirin, maybe it'd be 100. It's an estimator. But anyway, that's number one. And number two, the very fit Norwegians, this nation of 4 million people that absolutely astounded people at the Tokyo Summer Olympics, the 2020 Olympics in 2021 because of COVID. The Norwegians are strong. The Norwegians are fast. The Norwegians can ski forever. Uh, I can't wait to see what they do at the Winter Olympiad. But this is a nation of 4 million healthy people, Uh, a nation that eats whitefish, um, probably eats some salmon, but generally eats cod because that's available. It eats white potatoes. Um, it doesn't worry uh, as much about diet as it does about motion. And the Norwegians have a study from Trondheim, that great city in Norway. Um, it's it's the uh, it's your ability, your heart and your lungs ability to pump oxygen to nourish your body. And many diseases such as the number one killer for both women and men, cardiovascular disease, Cancer being number, it was number two until COVID. I think cancer slipped to number three because of COVID. But number one is cardiovascular heart problems, many of which can be aided or abetted um, by motion. I'm blessed to be a group fitness instructor in rowing. And I have uh, several people who are double or triple bypass uh, survivors who were told by their doctors, get in and start moving. Um, because it's going to keep you alive. And uh, I think there's a real message there that we can do better by moving, by listening to Queen Elizabeth. Don't stop or you drop. So, wow. I'm not saying it's easy. It's a simple message, yet it's a very hard message because it takes time. Uh, And it takes many seasons, perhaps a year, a year and a half to substantially improve your stamina. But if we're talking about seven or 10 extra years of livelihood, That's, to me, for your physical bank, that's one heck of an investment. And a heck of a, you hopefully will get one heck of a return on your invested capital of sweat, your sweat equity. Yeah, it's, um, just as you were talking about that, I was thinking too, that sometimes it might almost be an idea to make a list of those things, whether it's, you know, parking further away and all that sort of stuff. Because of my background and because I still do a little bit of work with uh, elder care, I tend to park further away from the door because of my background, but also because I think there's a really good chance somebody that needs a closer spot more than me should have it. But, you know, a lot of people don't have either the experience or the background. So maybe just keeping that little list, whether it's in their purse or their wallet or on the dashboard or whatever, you know, park at the back of the parking lot, pack an umbrella if it's raining, that sort of thing, just to create a little bit more or the far door from the mall. If you're going to the mall, just all those things, just to keep moving and move a bit further, perhaps. And it it does add up. It does add up. And 
here we are, what, six or eight weeks from the holiday season. And I think it's pr- pretty much a universal happening, no matter what the holidays that you, uh, whether it's an African holiday, a, a Jewish holiday, a Christian holiday, uh, uh, except for the, the Muslim holiday where you don't eat during sunlight. Uh, <laughs> that's a long holiday. Uh, but for uh, Judeo-Christians anyway, that um, there's a lot of eating over the holidays. And it is a very valid point that most weight gain happens in the six weeks between the American Thanksgiving time and uh, when New Year's resolutions fail in about late January. What's it? Is that eight weeks? That's about eight weeks. But that's when most of the weight is put on. And when the New Year's resolutions fail and resolve drops and habits are dropped and those checklists you mentioned aren't followed, guess what? You don't have as much money in the bank. You have more white fat around your midsection, which is deadly for things like metabolic syndrome. Um, But that, uh, as we get toward the holiday, I would hope that people would think about eating veggies instead of sweet things at the holiday banquet. I guess now that we don't have office parties, or if we do, there's Zoom parties, (laughs) you know, drinking a lot of clean waters uh, to fill you up a little bit and and eating good uh, vitamin, what I call vitamin P for plants. Not that they don't have calories, but the calories they have are good calories, including fiber and and all the micronutrients in the world. Hey, we need calories, but we don't need empty calories uh, with evil things like high fructose corn syrup in them. (laughs) Uh, Because people put on weight and it doesn't come off. Middle age and later, oh, it's just two pounds. Well, after 10 years, that's 20 pounds. And that's a tremendous Back to cardiovascular problems. That's one of the reasons why uh, Americans have heart problems and uh, heart and respiratory problems is our leading cause of morbidity. Uh, I think weight is a huge part of that. Lean organisms tend to live longer. I'm not saying skinny, skinny. I'm just saying leaner. So it's it's a hard message, but uh, somehow we've done a disservice in the what used to be called the corn economy. Uh, a war hero, Senator McGovern, in 19, the late 1960s, had a federal study that said fat was evil. Oh, cholesterol is bad for you. Uh, I guess, you know, I admire Senator McGovern. He ran for vice president, a war hero for sure, greatest generation. But wait a minute. Our body makes cholesterol. That's the mother chemical. We need it. That's not evil. What's evil is sugar. And it's evil if you don't move. So, hey, it's great for folks that grow corn, but it's not great when that corn goes to high fructose corn syrup and a supersized soft drink uh, for the kids or for us. And hallelujah, water, bottled water, although plastic bottle, which is another whole story (laughs) about protecting our planet. The water now outsells soda in America. And thank God, you know, it's soda was evil, evil, evil. So I digress, but uh, we're coming up on the season when your listeners really, if they can on their checklist, think about eating vitamin P instead of popping those chips and dips and sweet things that, or if they do get back on the healthy train real quick, it's okay to diverge once in a while Uh, In fact, some folks say it's okay. There's an 80-20 guideline that says you can misbehave a little with your diet about one day a week. Maybe have a brownie, you know, that sort of thing. Maybe have a little sugar, but then get back to the regimen. Not to be monk-like, but there is a big difference, isn't there, Agnes, between 
living to eat and eating to live. And it can be enjoyable, um, but we shouldn't be gluttons uh, that live to eat. A great American actor who unfortunately died from massive heart problems, surprise heart problems. I'm sure there were some genetic issues, but Ed Galdafini, if I said his name correctly, died in his early 50s from bad diet and a massive heart attack. That's, that's well, maybe that's the way he wanted to live. Uh, the American baseball star, Mickey Mantle, said, if I knew I was going to live this long, I would have taken better care of myself. <laughs> and we want people to take care of themselves with those checklists, with those. Let me think. This sure tastes good, but I'm talking about seven to 10 years of longevity if I put it in my physical bank. Hopefully, more people will realize it's worth the investment. It's worth the sweat. It's worth the motion. And uh, for those of us that are blessed with kin and uh, grandkids, it's a lot easier to stay up with them when you're fit. And, you know, you're not too tired to go uh, to the gym with the, with the little ones or, you know, throw a Frisbee or a softball or whatever. So it is work. It is work. And I know you know it, and I'm sure most of your listeners know it, but I think your thought of a checklist is hugely valuable. Whatever it takes folks to form lasting, successful habits. If it's a checklist, check. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you're talking about the your your American holiday season. I'm, I'm, my pendulum is swinging here. Maybe you can tell me what where it stopped. Because just last night we had our Canadian Thanksgiving dinner. Because our Canadian Thanksgiving is in October, so I'm trying to decide whether we have an extra month of weight gain till the end of January. Or whether we now have a couple of months to get back on track and get rid of that dinner last night before Christmas hits, because <laughs> we don't really have anything in November. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, because the pilgrims were south of the border, weren't they? Yeah. Uh, but uh, I'll tell you that uh, my admiration for Canadians with joie de vivre, with their uh, fitness, both in uh, my experiences, uh, St. Catherine's near Toronto and Victoria, Vancouver area for rowing. Um, but the Canadians are very fit. Uh, hey, uh, next weekend I get to have as my coxswain, the young lady who won a gold medal for the Canadian women in the Tokyo Olympics. And she just happens to be, uh, she's bringing her Canadian women to row in Boston next weekend, but she also has time to row with us. And I'll tell you that, um, I, I think in a long-winded answer to your question, I think you folks had your Thanksgiving. Uh, you stayed pretty busy through your winter months. You had that thing called ice, and now you have indoor things like rowing machines. Uh, you folks are pretty fit as a rule. Even though you eat donuts, that's okay, as oh, long as you burn them off. Donuts. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, your, your Canadian rower will probably know Elk Lake, which is where I rode to, because I'm in Victoria. Ah, okay. I, beautiful spot. I was so hoping if I had stayed in the Navy longer, if I could have gone to Esquimalt there by All right. Elk Lake. Yeah, yeah beautiful. Yeah. Just beautiful. Oh, that's great. Where do I go from here? I was going to ask you about food, but I think we've talked about food. When I was teaching Healthy Lifestyle a lifetime or two ago, I avoided the words fitness and exercise because they came pretty loaded and suggested what I've been referring to today as like uber fit. You on your website use the word movement 
and talk about Stama 90. <laughs> is, now, is that what we've been talking about? Or is this a you concept? Know, it it really is with the, with the qualification that Stama 90 means you, you sweat for long enough to cause a positive cytokine storm, not a, co- not a COVID cytokine storm. Uh, but with sweat, the, the uh, biology of bliss is what one author called it. I think it was Berglund that called it sweat in the biology of bliss. When you move for periods uh, of low intensity effort for at least half an hour, your body's chemical messengers do amazing things. And you have a little stress and respond thing going on where you do want enough stress to get the powerful cytokines to come in, restore, rebuild, and with sleep and clean eating, you're a better person in a few days after that exercise. So stamina that's kind of a clever word that a creative writer who helped me with Kaboomer came up with a compound word. But the point was, if you want to make it to 90, you want to avoid the number one killer of Americans, which is cardiovascular. And how do you avoid that? Motion is medicine. Moving for at least half an hour, five days a week, Our U.S. government says 120 minutes of moderate, light to moderate physical activity. I ramp it up to, say, 180. Uh, So that's uh, 30 minutes a day, six days a week. Take a day off, sure, Uh, the 80-20 rule. Take a day off so that you miss it, and you will. When you get into a a habit of of stamina 90 and moving, that day off is like, geez, I can't wait till tomorrow to go work out, you know? Uh, so yeah, stamina 90 is a common uh, combination of stamina and making it to thriving and striving into your nineties. And it's uh, kind of cutesy, but the point is that the number one criteria for longevity is your cardiorespiratory capability is that Norwegian estimator shows. Um, and uh, I shared with you that I took the living through the 100 calculator and missed the mark. And today I took the uh, Norwegian one and it said, uh, congrats, by the way, it underestimated because it's a bell curve. It underestimated my oxygen capability, which I've measured for rowing. Uh, but it said, Dave, you're not 60, almost 69. You're more like 45. Um, I'll take that. I'll take that. So that's my fitness age. And if people thought about fitness age, stamina 90 and strength uh, more than they did about, you know, listening to Madison Avenue and, and popping the magic pill to uh, lose weight overnight. You know, I gosh, you probably get as many as I do every day, delete, 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 you know, exciting news from Harvard university. No, (laughs) you have to do the work and you have to watch what you put in your, in your system. But yeah, stamina 90 is moving. And I say, doesn't have to be hair on fire sprinting. In fact, it shouldn't be. We know that it's low intensity volume of motion that helps. Could be a brisk walk. It could be a light jog. It could be gardening, cutting the lawn, raking, playing pickleball. Uh, But as a general rule of thumb, 30 minutes, uh, uh, five to six days a week, when your heart rate does not exceed two thirds of your maximum heart rate. So it's really good for your listeners to remember what your uh, resting heart rate is, and you can estimate how fast you should walk to keep your, to keep building stamina 90. So our left ventricles are extraordinary when they're working well. uh, And that's our goal is to make that one of the most powerful muscles in your body, just pumping out nutrients as much as it needs, building in volume and, and when you need to, building in heart rate. But the way you build capacity 
those little mitochondria, the little power cells in each of our skeletal muscles, that mitochondria, it gets multiplied with low intensity motion and we build more capillaries. Isn't that amazing? We have 60,000 miles of blood network and we can build more with low intensity movement. Now, hey, Dave, that's three hours a week. And I'm arguing, well, you're going to get more than three hours of added longevity. And even if you didn't, your life would be better. You'll sleep better. You'll eat better. You'll have more mojo. It's the, the effects are so profound. It's, it's, we're just not getting Americans to move as they should. And it's not just people my age. Uh, unfortunately, it's young people. Obesity is alarming uh, in young people as well. So uh, we have a real end, uh, endemic, pandemic, whatever you want to call it. White fat is killing Americans. It's uh, not good. Well, before we started, before I hit record, as you know, I was trying to settle my dog because she had a <laughs> barking spree. And as much as she can at times drive me crazy, I often joke that not only am I, she makes sure I get out on a brisk walk. I also get a, an upper body strength workout because she's the only dog I know that got kicked out of puppy school and training. <laughs> so she pulls. So I'm constantly, and I change arms just because it gets too tiring. So between, between the walking and the holding her back, um, yeah, I often joke that she's probably the best workout machine I've got. Oh, and uh, hey, just all you, um, the the payback is a pat on the head and a, <laughs> uh, rub the belly, right? It's it's just wonderful, and it's also extraordinarily good as we get older, and particularly if the winter months are long and dark. Uh, having a companion inside that doesn't talk back to you and just wants to be loved is pretty special too, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason why dogs in particular, I guess maybe because cats are too much, have too much of a mind of their own, uh, but wounded warriors and severely uh, injured people often perk up when they see a dog and, you know, a, a working dog in the hospital. So I just think uh, that's amazing. I'm going to digress for a second. Have you ever heard of explore.org? It's like it's nature sort of cameras. There's, there's cameras all over the world. They're live cams. And one of the live cams is at Warrior Canine, and they raise these puppies specifically for soldiers re- who are returning with, you know, stress and things like that. And just watching the puppies on a monitor, you just can't help but lose a bunch of stress, let alone, as I'm uh, sure, just having one come into your life would just... Uh... We're now learning how uh, critical that is, and it's just unfortunate we're able to we're not able to... Uh, grow the scale of that program. Uh, yeah, we hear people flying on airplanes with their comfort dogs and that kind of thing. I think you and I are talking about a little more than that. Uh, we're talking about life-saving companionship that, yeah, it's, uh, uh, but it is expensive to train those wonderful beasts. And uh, I just hope we can keep doing it. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Okay, so we've covered what to do. We've covered why to do. And in many ways, our listeners probably know deep down inside, it's necessary, it's a great idea. The how to get started can sometimes feel insurmountable. What tips do you have for our listeners? There, uh, and, and, and again, I've, I've used platitude a couple times today. Simple things can be hard. If you have a towel and a, a water bottle that hopefully isn't BPA or plastic, you're ready to go. Pick goals, either make a checklist, find a workout buddy, uh, perhaps 
Um, you're able with your health care plan to have a, some healthcare providers in the States have silver sneakers, which are group uh, fitness, wellness, yoga, stretching kinds of things, whatever it takes to start moving. For me, I admire Queen Elizabeth with all the challenges she's had with the royal family. She says, you stop, you drop. So don't stop, you know, just do what you can be aspirational, but pick reasonable goals. We, we know that at any age, if people go out too high, too hard, too fast, they may get hurt. Uh, they may get frustrated. They may say that wasn't fun. Uh, so we want to make it fun. Do what you love. Pick a ball, walking the puppy, rowing, do what you love. Um, do it by yourself or solitude or do it with friends for the social aspect. Uh, there's a reason why uh, some studies say social sports, pickleball, tennis, uh, group running, group jogging are uh, indicators of longevity. It's the social aspect as well as the, um, the uh, stamina 19. Uh, so that should not be underestimated by any way, shape or, or form. Uh, but the point is, every one of us is an athlete. Every one of us uh, very few of us are going to make it to the Olympics or the Masters World Games. Uh, I'm blessed to go to those a couple of times. But the point is, do it. Uh, don't don't have to apologize. Affirmations are really important. Look yourself in the mirrors. Do I want to look like this tomorrow? Or can I look a little better? Can I be more positive? Uh, you know, maybe my face gets a little thinner, which is often a, you know, generally a thin face in the case of your central obesity is not real high. So looking at the man or woman in the mirror is a good way to either jumpstart it or have somebody remind you that um, you're doing something positive. So grab a towel, grab a clean water bottle and move to sweat five to six days a week uh, and lift the grandkids lift that heavy suitcase now that we can travel again on airplanes uh, and uh, be positive. It is not easy. No, I would never say easy peasy. That sounds like Madison Avenue. I will say it's hard. A wonderful gentleman I admire, Tom Hanks. He's a, he's a baby boomer. He's a diabetic. He's one of the hardest working people that I know in the film industry. He says, do the work. And the work is moving. And uh, it doesn't have to be, you know, climbing Mount Everest, um, but it, it does have to be changing your body composition, changing uh, your cardiovascular system and living better. Um, so each in individual is different. And I would only offer Agnes that because of that, uh, if anyone is uncertain about how to take that first step, find a friend, find a, a senior society finds some fellow boomers and say, what do you do? Gosh, you're, you're bounding about, you're looking very frisky today. What's going on? And then hopefully they'll say, come with me, you know? Uh, so a workout buddy, be it a puppy or a, a significant other or a friend often is, is the way to help you get started and make you accountable. Yeah. Some people love to work out on their own. Some people love to do it in uh, crew settings, whatever it takes, just move. And no, we've determined that you're a Southerner and I'm a Northerner. And the one thing I will add to that is several years ago, I, I blew out my knees. So when winter comes and we get snow and ice and my dog still wants to be walked, I put on my uh, snowshoes. They've got the little grips and on the bottom. wonderful activity, wonderful activity. And just shushing as long as you dress appropriately. And we're so blessed that uh, modern technology, if you can afford uh, some of the name brands are really good for breathability, warmth, 
But yeah, even in the cold weather, we want to remind people to drink. You can still get dehydrated in the in the dry, cold winter climb. Um, just because it's cold doesn't mean you can't move. And uh, doesn't mean you shouldn't move. You should, <laughs> for sure. You should, for sure. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go sideways on you, Dave. <laughs> Before we close, there was one sentence on your website that caught my eye because it was also a subject that's of interest to me and didn't seem to directly be part of your wellness focus. The sentence says, he also writes academic papers about 21st century workplaces and knowledge workers as those most valuable players. What's that about? Yeah, I am honored to be an adjunct faculty member. And uh, this particular um, bit of writing was for a book about um, knowledge workers who unfortunately have some of the, believe it or not, they're related. <laughs> uh, a couple things. Knowledge workers, as a rule, are responsible for their own development. And boomers are responsible for building their own physical bank. Nobody's going to make them do it. Uh, there's not going to be a mandate. Oh, oops, I shouldn't say mandate, should I? We just had one for uh, vaccines. But knowledge workers are those that uh, we don't we don't do as much machinery and farming as we used to. We do a lot of information services and so on. Uh, Google uh, and Apple, those kinds of corporations that are now driving the economy. Uh, I was fascinated by some of the words of Drucker and others that say you are responsible for your own uh, future. Oh, by the way, the average knowledge worker only puts in three hours a day of real work. Now they have meetings, they're Zooming, you know, they're doing this, doing that. But in the, the idea of physical banking, knowledge workers have no excuse for not working out 30 minutes a day when you only work three hours a day. <laughs> so, uh, so I was, I'm an adjunct professor and that way I was asked to write that article because I'm really passionate about soft skills and personal development, but isn't that what we're talking about for staying well past 40 and building stamina 90, uh, you are responsible for your own destiny. Yeah. Whether you think you can or cannot, you're right. As Henry Ford said, so think you can, uh, and uh, be responsible for your own uh, longevity. So when I read the sentence, um, I was pu puzzling over it. And then I decided, which is not quite right, but that's okay, um, that knowledge workers were we older folk who are still in the workplace, who some of whom are still in the workplace, so they have the knowledge. But interesting, so it does, in fact, the knowledge workers in, in your uh, meaning of it here, it does tie in in many ways to what you're doing with your stamina and and you bet and avoiding nerd necks or or tech necks from leaning forward ergonomics are so important working from home we heard about people with back problems and neck problems because they had their laptop on their lap sitting on the bed and then they wonder why they have upper back pain so ergonomics are part of your physical bank for using screen time wisely, uh, turning the screen time off before you go to bed so you can sleep well. So yes, whether the knowledge worker is older and what we're finding out now, particularly with America not having enough workers, <laughs> uh, I certainly get more uh, job opportunities now when I'm not interested in working for corporate America than I did, you know, 10 years ago. So things... Um, but the point is because we're not using our hands as much for farming, uh, manufacturing. Uh, why don't we use our hands for moving stuff 
holding on to that puppy uh, so that you're doing something good for you. So it's self-determinism, I guess, is uh, wrapping around that. And and the most latest one, of course, is with COVID and working from home is Zoom, but so as we sit here on Zoom. <laughs> yeah. Well, we could stand so. up. Uh, but uh, dormant butt is uh, butt syndrome, DBS. Uh, that's a pretty, uh, pretty formal term if we're allowed to use the four-letter word butt on the air. Uh, it, is, it is evil. And, um, you know, the old thing about sitting is a new smoking. There's a lot of truth to that. It's not just sitting. If you're moving and you're using your legs and you're using your core muscles to sit tall, that's okay. Um, but the gluteals need to, uh, they need to take the pressure off. You know, it's, uh, uh, so uh, we encourage people to uh, squeeze their buns, shift their legs, sit tall, and don't get uh, the forward head tilt or nerd neck. Uh, if your livelihood comes from a screen, embrace it, um, but get away from it. It's also good for, you know, making sure your eyes are rested and you don't have problems generated in your brain from too much screen time. And we all know it, turn the screens off well before you hit the hay so you can sleep well. It just, our minds are so active that we're sort of thinking about email or tomorrow's agenda. Uh, we're not going to be as mimicking Morpheus. Isn't that funny? Morpheus, uh, morphine comes from uh, that little Greek, not a god, but that little Morpheus was um, head fun in the bedroom. And um, part of that was uh, sleep, but somehow morphine came from that as well. So there's a message that you can generate your own happy hormones by restorative sleep. Mimic Morpheus. Well, and hopefully, too, our, our age helps us turn the screens off a little bit, too, because... I mean, I spent most of my life not having screens. Um, I didn't have a television until I was a teenager, like all that sort of stuff. Those were happy days, weren't they? I mean, now you look back and say, how did I fill my time? And it was probably reading or handiwork or uh, social things. Isn't it funny that the word social media now is looked at as being unsocial and and doing unfavorable things with platforms like Instagram. We don't need to live by screen. I mean, if we work three hours a day to generate income, that's one thing. But uh, um, I don't know why folks spend so much time on uh, what I call on social media. It's just it's it's probably worse than a waste of time, in my opinion. Well, my friends and I have this funny little quirk where we actually still use a telephone if we want to talk to each other. Isn't that a novel thing? (laughs) A plain old telephone system, POTS. And, you know, there's something about, it's one of our senses, audio. And uh, when, you know, all the videos in the world on Instagram don't make for heartfelt uh, sentiments. And, you know, it's just, yeah, uh, letter writing and good old vocal communications to me are, uh, withering and and shouldn't so well and if you're anything like me listeners uh every time i'm on the phone i can't sit still i pace i've been known to put on a couple of thousand steps in my house just wandering around because i i don't sit still i, I pace as i talk so there the walking go. meetings are <laughs> wonderful i mean uh with the blood flow uh probably clearer thinking less brain fog the mind body alignment is is much better when you're on the move. Not driving, but walking, yeah. Okay, Dave, you've also written a book. Uh, my first book, uh, although oh. there were academic writings, as you mentioned, Agnes, but my, my, uh, the, my first work was uh, independent, published in uh, June of 
2019. Always thought it's always a great idea to publish a book, launch a book in the middle of a pandemic, but uh, there's some things you can't control. But I uh, acquired a lot of personal lessons, and I'm kind of a nut for deep diving into research. So I came up with what I started off as an almanac, sort of, if you will, some folks may remember the running craze of the 70s and 80s and Jim Fix. F-I-double-X, the joy of running. Well, I started off with kind of the theme of an almanac of the joy of sweating. Uh, And uh, eventually with help from creative uh, and content editors came up with Kaboomer thriving and striving into your 90s with terms like Stamina-90 and so on. Uh, It was, um, uh, I felt I had a book in me. Uh, I, I am in the same family tree as Ralph Waldo Emerson, who talked about the felicities of age in 1863. Uh, and uh, if nothing else, I owed it to the family to put a book out. <laughs> so uh, it is uh, it is a lesson dealing, guess what, with the physical bank. Seven main chapters, strength, stability, stamina, stretching, uh, clean eating, uh, restored to sleep, mimicking Morpheus, and stressing not. Also talks about things that you mentioned, such as uh, the importance of testosterone for both men and women as we age, because our bodies tend to slowly wind down or sometimes rapidly wind down in the biochemistry that had as vital as teenagers and in our 20s and so on. So uh, my own personal experiences of sleep. Uh, I would share um, when I read that uh, two bur- two boom two boomer women, easy for me to say, uh, hopefully I had something to share. I learned, uh, I have a sleep disorder. One third of all men have sleep disorders, but very few of them get it diagnosed. Um, believe it or not, after menopause, women have the same percentage of sleep disorders. So if your listeners, oh, it's just snoring a little bit. No, we're talking about sleep disorders, which may or may not be related to snoring. Um, and it's also uh, true that women pretty much have the same problems with cardiovascular that men do. It's not just it's not just men and their hard living, hard drinking, uh, two scotches and a big steak for lunch. It's not cardio af- affects all of us. So I would offer those two things, and I would also offer a third thing when it comes to strength. The standards uh, from the Australians, the Canadians, and the U.S. governing bodies for sports that use weights as part of their training. The standards are the same ratio to body weight for women as men. So women don't have to think um, that they have to um, move stuff the way guys do. Um, But women should think that they can move stuff in the same percentage of body weight that guys do. For instance, a lady untrained in in weight training should safely be able to do a deadweight lift uh, of three quarters of her body weight without any practice at all. And um, that's the same ratio as it is for men. Uh, and then as you get, you know, you get fitter uh, and train your muscles and joints and bones to handle the load, it gets multiples of your body weight. Um, but uh, I just wanted to share that um, strength is something that women should not take lightly. Uh, and they should be able to perform at a percentage ratio of body weight as men do. Women should get excited about their fitness age, not their calendar age, except to, in America, they, uh, women love to be carded. You know, when somebody says, I see your ID to see if you can have an alcoholic beverage, that's okay. But on the flip side, um, I'd, I'd hope that your uh, listeners 
will be very excited about lowering their fitness age uh, for good reasons. Can you get up from the ground without using your hands like you used to do when you were a kid? Can you stand on one leg with your eyes closed for about, for us, 20 seconds is a wonderful guideline for stability to prevent falling. Uh, so um, fitness age is really important for your listeners. Uh, and please, please, please know or, that you do or do not have a sleep disorder because that can kill people. You know, it causes strokes and all kinds of bad things. So uh, it's a much higher prevalence than is treated, unfortunately. So uh, all that rambling by Dave, uh, hopefully your listeners know that, in my opinion, physical banking is just as important as fiscal banking. Well, and I will add to all those women out there, if you're having trouble lifting your 30-pound grandchild, do not go out and try to lift three-quarters of your body weight today. <laughs> Just know that it's capable and uh, you know uh, we, yes, we can. It doesn't mean we yes, we can today. It just means yeah. that yes, we can. And it's something to which we should aspire because sarcopenia sounds evil and it is evil. That's the loss of skeletal muscle, which leads to bad things like poor breathing, poor digestive habits, falls. So moving stuff like grandkids, holding on to your puppy, it's, it's in the art of the possible. And I hope more ladies would get excited about doing it. Where do we find you online? Uh, I have a website. It's wellpast40.com. And it's, uh, uh, I hope to offer a lot of information uh, resources, things I've come across that I think are worth sharing. Uh, and uh, so wellpast40.com is the website. Uh, I'm on Twitter and, and Instagram, even though I talked about antisocial or on social media. Uh, I did, When I find articles of interest, I do try to uh, launch those so that others might find them. Um, DEFP Trainer is my Twitter address. And on Instagram, it's Kaboomer Coach with two Ks, Kaboomer with a K and Coach with a K, just to be a little cute. Uh, but the website is probably a good place. Uh, and on the website is ways to contact me to join the movement, uh, to get on the mailing list for opt-in uh, resources. Uh, if you'd like daily uh, tips and tricks from uh, this Kaboomer, that's a way to do it, opt-in uh, via text message. So thank you. Those are ways that people are interested in learning more. They could get in touch with Dave. That's great. Those links will be on the sh in the show notes. Um, I think we always do that. And listeners, I do recommend you check out Dave's website and blog as he talks about what we've chatted about today, tongue-tied here. But he also blogs about other Boomer-related subjects. Um, I got lost in there this morning, so that was kind of interesting. If you have comments on today's show, you can leave them where you listen to podcasts or at twoboomerwomen.com forward slash join dash the dash conversation. If you want to be a guest on the podcast or know someone who would make a great guest, there's an application form at the website too. And while I'm chatting here, I want to give a shout out to Gail from South Africa who gave us a shout out. Yay. Thank you, Gail. Dave Frost, thank you so much for joining us today on Monthly Man Day. On uh, two boomer women. It's certainly my pleasure. Thank you for uh, uh, chatting about things that are near and dear to your heart and my heart. And I just hope uh, that folks can realize whether you think you can or cannot, you're right. And yes, you can. So uh, even if you need help, go get it because it's important. There you go. Thanks so much. Have a great rest of week. Thanks so much, Agnes. <laughs>